0: Sure, go for it, Larry.
1: Keep chugging podcast episode twenty-two. That's right. Here we are. We're officially legal. We we are legal. Uh, we are legal.
0: We are legal because uh, last episode was twenty-one, but we broke it into two parts, so it doesn't technically count. Uh, twenty-one was a bad hangover because when you break it into into halves, it's a it's a long party.
1: That's right. Yeah, there was nothing <laughs> bad about episode twenty-one either. That was a that was a no. great episode.
0: Yeah, I've already got I've already got feedback coming that um yeah, people are already getting through it saying that they really enjoyed it. So, thank you everybody who's uh who's listening and um enjoyed talking to talking to Mel and uh and Jacob.
1: Yeah, that was that was great. I mean, you know, as uh, I think it was mentioned after we were done with the podcast, um, you know, I never actually met Mel. You know, I've known of Mel. I know uh, he's got his hands in a lot of things, and you know, video and stuff like that. You know, a lot of great work there, but didn't realize how many things, how many things he was, you know, dealing with. And then, um, and then just getting to know him through the podcast. I mean, he had said said the same thing, like getting to know me through the podcast, like was very uh, a very interesting way to do things.
0: I I feel like um, the podcast is a great way to like figure out what a car crash would be like. <laughs> like you just <laughs> yeah. you just here's somebody that you don't know. You have to I don't know or maybe it's like a like a blind date like a like a really interesting blind date.
1: Yeah, you know what that that that's what it was like. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's what it was like, and it worked out. Cause,
0: yeah, because I think I've been on I think I've had one official blind date, and it was terrible.
1: Yeah, let me think. Let me think back.
0: Have you had a, an official one? Official one where like a friend... Yeah, you've had a blind date?
1: Chris had a blind date. Oh, geez. Yeah, I don't think uh-huh. so, man. I don't no? think I have. I mean, well, okay, so I've been with my wife for nine, almost 10 years. Um, right. So that puts me back to my first wife. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I I mean, you know, there were a couple girls that I dated in between there, but that was a very short period between the two. So no blind dates in there. And then back to high school, no blind. I dated my wife back in high school for a little while, and there were no blind dates back there either that I can think of. If if there was one, it wasn't catastrophic enough to remember.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, and I feel like that's like the, how you document it is how, but you go by how bad it was. Right. Ooh. For sure. So so that was an interesting way to start.
1: <laughs> you know what? we got to hook them in. we got to hook them we in. Get, there you go. <laughs>
0: so um, as usual, what we like to do, the first segment on the podcast is always what you listened to this
1: week. So Larry, what did you actually listen to this week, good or bad? Um, mostly just, um, I'm still on uh, Stick to Your Guns. Um, okay. to, uh, since, you know, our last podcast and then, um, today at the gym, I just got back from the gym, um, any given day and, um, man, who else was I listening to any given day specifically Th- those guys are, those guys are awesome.
0: Nice. Um, or any given day is, uh, is, uh, metal or hardcore or. Sounds they're like a hardcore band.
1: They're like a metalcore band. So okay. you know, they're they're in the realm of uh, of stuff like uh, Killswitch. I would say you know they're uh, you know screamy, singy, that sort of thing. Um, sure, really good. I think they're out of England. Um, okay. Uh I don't know a whole lot about them. I think the way I discovered them was a while back by accident through uh just streaming through YouTube videos, like after watching, you know, some technique video, you know how you just let it play and it just hits things. Yeah. I think I had discovered them and I had mentioned it and my wife said that she had uh heard them or listened to them. I don't remember how it played out and that she liked them. So I was like, All right, well, you know, for the most part we tend to like the same thing. So I checking them out and I was like, Dude, these guys are freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, I remember you said that once, that there's a good chance that if she likes it, you'll end up liking it. And if you like it, there's a good chance that she's going to be into it, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think so. I mean, you know, unless it's like the extreme metal stuff, um, you know, uh, I think for... For her, and she's sitting uh, not far away from me, so she might shut me <laughs> up here. But um, for the extreme stuff, you know, I don't I don't know that that all appeals to her as much anymore. I mean, you know, there was uh, a while where she was, like, really on, like, Dahlia, and uh, I think she knows all the lyrics to uh, Necropolis. Oh, and, wow. Which is probably my favorite Dahlia song. Um, I mean, and then some up- All Shall Perish and stuff like that. But that was a little while ago.
0: Now... um it's a good i somewhat of a question for her but also a question for you did does she find it more digestible to have you kind of clear it for her is it more like oh like you need to check this out or is it more like hey this is on and that's when she gets hooked in
1: i uh, combination of the two um, okay There's been times where like, you know, sometimes if I like stuff, I don't always remember, you know, I mean, I'll be listening, I'll discover something at the gym, you know, that's probably where I discover most music uh, is at the gym, or if I'm streaming like Spotify while I'm driving, and I'll share it in my story, and then I'll find out later, I'll hear her listening to a song, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and stuff like that. And, you know, I I think that's where it comes from. I mean, there's times where I've mentioned stuff, and she's mentioned stuff that's really good, too. Um, So it's kind of a trade-off. That's for why, sure one of the many reasons why we work
0: yeah 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 it's a it's a i don't know how to say it other than it's a it's a it, it keeps it interesting to where you, you hear something and you're kind of like oh like i need you to hear this right exactly Chris is over here trying to trying to not die because she's coughing up a storm. She's been sick all week.
1: Oh, jeez, yeah, everybody's (laughs) getting sick, man. I'm 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 been I was telling my uh, drummer uh, Mike and Dawn of Eternity uh, last night after practice. I'm like, dude, I've been drinking like emergency tells you to only drink two a day. I think I've been like drinking three or four, man.
0: (laughs) Oh, Jesus! But you also you also work out pretty consistently, so you probably burn that up too
1: yeah yeah there's that and i you know my thing is like you know people don't have comic courtesy when they're sick so they still go to the gym and then you know what i do for work you know they still have i mean my guys in their house and by you know uh you know by coincidence myself in their houses and stuff like that people are you know dying so it's like man you know you don't think about that shit especially if your cable your internet's not working
2: that's why at work I Lysol all the shit out of my desk.
1: Exactly. See, that's I need to start doing that.
0: You need to you need to keep those wipes with you. The
1: Lysol wipes. Dude. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Take that shit to the gym.
1: They have stuff. They have stations with that. Those. Uh, <laughs> um. Which we call it, the sanitation stuff, um, like the hand sanitizer stuff, and then the sprays that you can spray down the equipment. But let's be realistic: when I'm in the zone, I don't think about that shit. It's
0: just- I, I was gonna tell, I was gonna say that because I think the last time I went to a gym, which was I think Twenty Four Hour Fitness, mm-hmm. like it was just. I think that's what, that was a big reason why I stopped go- going because it was just always gross
1: yeah and i mean the one that we have up here isn't too bad it, it depends on where you're at in the area of course uh, you know uh, ghetto areas will have ghetto gyms and you know i mean i'm in anaheim hills you know not to toot my own horn or anything nothing fancy yeah, about yeah. it but uh the anaheim hills one isn't bad but there's another one up the street the super sport that's supposed to be super fancy i'm just too cheap to pay for that but it's a little bit cleaner than like Other ones that I've been in, like, we went to this one when we were in Colorado, and it wasn't too dirty, but it was definitely more beat than the one that we go to. So, it's just, it's all in the area.
2: Larry, and the one that's near my work, my friend would go during break, and one of the times she was in the shower, and she's, you know how you usually put your robe on the hook? Yeah. Homegirl had her weave (laughs) On the hook, just my friend was like, "I just wanted to take a picture. Like, oh
1: my God. How, how
2: do you not take a picture of that? Like it was great, and we're dying. Her we was on on the hook. Like, can't get it wet.
1: There's pages on Instagram dedicated to like goofy shit like that. like there's a, <laughs> there's a page on Instagram called Jim Fuckery that oh just God. like people's ridiculous, either gym fails or just like we're, weird shit.
0: Finding my phone did, so I can look this up.
1: Yeah, you you do. It's it's endless laughs, I'm telling you. Uh, Jim but Fuckery. We have uh severely detracted. What have you been listening to this week?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh literally it was the second one to come up, Jim Fuckery. Yeah,
1: it's I'm telling <laughs> you, never never stop looking at that page. You will shit yourself laughing. It's it's great. There are other ones that are just painful to look at, but mostly yeah. funny.
0: Oh, speaking of painful, uh real quick, speaking of painful, we just got back from watching um the Dallas Cowboys, and I think it was Indianapolis Colts game. Oh, really? There's a highlight that I'll send you that just remind me before we end that I'll send you. Uh, dude got his, like, no exaggeration, almost no exaggeration, he got his ankle ripped off. Oh, God. Yeah. He he got, you know, got tackled, got down, and he's laying on the ground, and his he's laying face down. <laughs> And his left foot is pointing the other direction.
1: Oh, geez. Yeah,
0: it's, it's ugly. Ugh.
2: You know, it's bad when you see the other players just reacting and not wanting to be around it because they know how oh, dangerous yeah. it is.
1: Well, that and an injury like that is real for those guys.
0: Oh, God. And he, I mean, they're talking about maybe his career being over.
1: Well, yeah, dude. If his ankle was twisted like that, I mean, yeah, you know, whatever magical nonsense they do to these football players and these baseball players to make them come back another season, I, I don't know yeah. that you're coming back from that,
0: dude. It, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll send, I'll, I'll find the video for you. It looked like his foot detached detached from the rest of his leg
1: uh-huh. i mean and if it yeah. went around that far i mean we're talking yeah. tearing all the tendons everything like yeah i mean you know putting that bones will heal but tendons never come back the right way yeah um that's why they get paid uh, the big bucks i guess right
0: yeah i mean i think it was chris's dad was hoping that uh the bone didn't end up pushing through the skin because uh, that's so that's a whole i guess that's a whole nother like level of injury
1: well, I would imagine. I mean, ugh. Ugh. yeah. Ugh.
2: <laughs> Not only are you having to prepare the the uh, broken bone, but depending on how much the down or how much time it takes for his skin to regenerate, and like, I guess, yeah,
1: I, yeah. I mean, gross. Um, yeah,
0: gross. Uh, let's see. What did I listen to this week? I think I listened to. Uh, a lot of I I wrestled a bear once came up a lot. Oh okay, um,
1: man, I haven't listened to them I, in a while.
0: Yeah, and uh, I feel like that came out of trying to talk to Arson and like figure out the band's aesthetic and kind of not being not gravitating towards like the super like you remember the super loud like two thousand and three scene band shirts where they were like seventeen colors and super bright and. Uh, just really overpowering yeah yeah so we're trying to like not do that
1: <laughs> oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah that would be weird that'd be a weird aesthetic for you guys i couldn't i don't know that i can picture that
0: right like it's kind of got to make sense and and i was listening to uh in a weird way like i like i'd Russell the bear once but we we're i, I was kind of listening to it going like yeah we don't do this
1: right Right. You know, like, I mean, they get, like, I mean, you know, I'm all for, you know, mathy stuff and progressive stuff, but they get real weird in some, yeah. you know, some, some points.
0: Definitely. And I was like, yeah, we, we, we can get there. Like we can get there, but like this next record is not, it's not that yet. Right. So Chris, what did you, uh, what did you listen to this week?
2: Everything.
0: Yeah. There, there you go. And short answer. Um, okay, so moving on. Um, so you mentioned something about uh, the band you were listening to kind of reminds you of Killswitch and literally the conversation we were having before this was the new Killswitch record is going to come out this year.
1: Right, That's that was a perfect segue. That wasn't even uh, intended, but that was perfect because that was something that I wanted to bring up. I saw that they posted uh, recordings done. Um, yeah. I don't know if that includes mixing and mastering. I, I haven't seen a date set for no, it no. Yet.
0: i think it's just tracking i think just tracking finished but um the readout that chris had handed to me was i guess jesse and howard are both going to be doing this record
1: yes so i saw that early on when they started recording there was a picture uh, posted from their instagram of jesse and howard standing together and is saying that howard was featured on this album yeah so um I'm personally a huge fan of the Howard era of uh Killswitch. I love Jesse. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Love Jesse. Jesse's good. His comeback was great. Um but all the songs that really just, you know, hit me are all the Howard songs. Exactly. So needless um, to say I've been at full mast since I've seen that.
0: <laughs> so here here's my question then this is what I kind of posed to Chris as well. Do you feel like this is going to be like a like a Dance Gavin dance kind of thing? Like they're going to have two guys on stage touring at all times? Or are, we, are you thinking more like maybe Jesse will be there, you know, 80% of the time because that's, you know, that's his main band. And Howard will jump in when, um, is it Light the Torch? Light the Torch. And when yeah. Light the Torch isn't doing something or like,
1: <sighs> some, you know, some, something to that degree? I don't know. I've been bouncing that around in my head how that's going to work because, you know, and and of course, it's all in good fun and they're all in friends and stuff like that, um, you know, but you got to look at it as like, you know, two vocalists that have essentially replaced each other one way or another. I right. Mean that, that t- from my point of view, and again, I'm not in their shoes. I don't know the personal circumstances or any of that. I'm all that's kind got to be kind of awkward, like, you know, did what was the reason for bringing back Howard? Was he just a good, he's a good friend and they really wanted to have him back. You know, I mean, I know the, the posted circumstances of him no longer touring with them and stuff like that were for health reasons, if I recall correctly. But, um, you know, then to, to do some stuff with Jesse and then to, to bring Howard back. Now you're like in an awkward situation, like, hey, we like the band better with you, but now we got this guy. Like, is that the situation that's going on? I don't know. Or is it just all in good fun and good friends? And, you know, people like different eras of, uh, of Kill Switch and they just want to combine them all in one record. I, I really don't know. I've bounced this around in my head a lot. Um, I'm just not sure what to expect.
2: Well, you have to remember that during the summer. There was festivals where Howard would jump on, so that probably could extend the fact that you know they did it as fu- as a fun thing and a, like little gift to the fans, and it it actually won a, uh, won over a lot of people, and they're just like, wow, like that's really cool that they can work together, and it's not just a well he was there for just for that, or they're you know they're not friends, so maybe they realize that if they do come together you know that can unite a lot more fans that might just be a fan of one of the eras versus just the Jesse or just the Howard it bridges that gap
1: exactly and, and and that's what i would think more than anything else is is exactly that that it's you know they're all homies it's all in good fun and that you know it's just a positive thing i mean you know it's it's almost kind of weird and i'll use a i'll use a really old uh comparison but you know you've got Aussie Black Sabbath, and you've got Dio Black Sabbath. Yeah. I don't know I don't... that Killswitch is that different between those two, but you know that's that's kind of how I look. That's I don't know. That's what sticks in my head. So I mean, I'm looking forward to it.
0: See, my my first thing as soon as you said as soon as you said, uh, uh you know, Aussie Black Sabbath, Dio Black Sabbath. Like my first thing is going to be there's definitely going to be a Killswitch tour where they do. All alive or just breathing, and then all end of heartache. That uh, would be amazing. Guarantee it. Guarantee. I guarantee there's going to be at least, probably in the near future, um, a two-hour show. One hour is is alive or just breathing. Next hour is end of heartache
1: see and and that would be amazing and and i dude i would lose it because i'll tell you it pains me to say this out loud as much of a fan of kill switch as i am i was really bummed because i've never seen kill switch not with howard not with jesse not at all oh wow so um you know and howard being my favorite vocalist from the band you know not being there anymore it's like oh man that sucks so bad you know i mean they're still awesome but you yeah. know i'd like to see them with howard you know yeah um yeah. yeah and if they were to do both pfft, Ooh I don't know that I could handle that mentally.
0: <laughs> uh yeah we just got to wait and see. I think there's a lot of potential. I think there's a lot of room in that idea for um like at the end of the day like you said they're all friends. It seems like when Howard left there were various reasonings, but for him to come back, for it to make sense, for everything to work for this uh for the dual vocalist whatever that means to work I just see dollar signs like I just see so many like metalcore dudes that are all about Killswitch Every Era going like this is the perfect show this is the perfect idea for for metalcore to be like not resurrected but definitely be brought back to the spotlight.
1: Oh yeah, I th- I think so too. I think it's going to be a really good thing. Um, you know, uh and you know, stylistically they're uh, you know, they're they've progressed as musicians, but they're still them. I, I don't think they've really you know, and I don't know, maybe this new album will prove me wrong, but like I hate the whole modern metal gent thing has kinda like taken over everything that's new. And it's yeah. good, but it's it's starting to sound really formulaic like every other new genre and um Everything that I listen to more or less in some way or another sounds the same or has, you know, it just all has the same feel. And those guys, mm-hmm. you know, although they've stayed the same to themselves, it's now made them different than a lot of what's coming out, you know, like architects and stuff like that. You know, that's that's what's popular, you know, and uh, it's just they all sound the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: the thing. We, we were we were listening to um, what was the divide the something divide um, the one we were listening to in the car right now. And the one thing that you can always depend on with kill switch, it's always gonna be good. Like regardless if you're if you're a Howard guy or a Jesse guy, like the riffs are always good. The the choruses are always good. Like you can listen to it and it's like, oh that that yeah, that hit the spot.
1: Yeah. that, that was Yeah. That was the good one. Yeah, that last that was probably that was the last one, right? Disarm the decent.
0: There it is. Disarm yeah. the descent. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh you hear those that those first 3 songs with those those great gallops like oh it's just it's just always it's just always fire it's always on point and um it, and like you just said it doesn't sound like what's out there right now
1: Exactly exactly
0: So yeah that was us lushing on a uh, kill switch for about 10 minutes
1: <laughs> I mean I can I could do an entire podcast. We could do a Killswitch <laughs> specific podcast. That's how we'll, excited I get over them, but
0: <laughs> we'll definitely set up a day for that. There um, we go. So I wanted to get to uh something we touched on the last podcast because it was kind of um it was kind of fresh on the day that we did it and it's kind of developed over time while we've had a chance to uh see the news coming out of it. And it's the whole arch enemy and uh what's the what's the photographer's metal blast? Right. Um,
1: and that then the whole clothing situation. company, um, which I'm blanking Thunder, on their name, Thunderball. Thunder, Thunderball, yes, Thunderball, Thunderball. clothing. Thunderball, Thunderball clothing,
0: and um, from where we're at now, it kind of looks like Thunderball is getting the worst of it. Yes, I saw. I, I sent you an article for us to read, and part of the article said Thunderball
1: is going under. Yeah, it, in fact, um, according to Angela's statement, she already shut it down. Um, that, the, that she's, you know, she's been getting, you know, death threats and all that stuff. I, I believe in, I may be wrong that it was a woman who owned it, um, which yeah. is why I'm saying she, um, Yeah. Uh, she, I guess, I don't know. They were getting, she was getting all kinds of like horrible comments and all kinds of stuff like that because of the statement that he put out, right. um, over the whole situation and uh you know it's funny because i was you know i guess it's whoever you know it comes back to whoever gets to you first is uh mm-hmm. where you tend to lean more but yeah. then after reading angela's statement it's like well you know i don't know there's there's two sides to this obviously and i think there's
0: i think that's what ended up happening is there's a lot of sides to to the story that um it, it ends up being a little bit more for me it, it just it just looks like uh, it was very it was handled very badly on all sides
1: yeah I I think so too Um, you know uh, you know from the the company using that picture and I mean Mel made some good points and stuff like that I mean you know it came off the internet and it's really hard to say you know what is and isn't copyrighted material I'll tell you uh uh, inhuman atrocities you know uh pr- prior to me you know being in the band and jamming w- with wes and stuff like that has had several run-ins with with that um from you know when the band was called apathy uh oh yeah yeah they got a uh cease and desist from a rapper by the name of apathy uh, wow yeah and then um something else happened well, the recent artwork. So, uh, the for the "I Am a Virus" um, EP. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, "Fed to the Animals" EP that was just mm-hmm. put out. The there was different artwork for it um, that okay. Wes had gotten, and then the artist double sold it. So, oh, yeah, that's huge. That's huge yeah exactly. so that's why they ended up going with uh Tony Cole, which i mean i like I like this uh cover I mean the original one was pretty cool, but the, the it sucked all that stuff got printed and stuff like that and because of the previous experience with apathy as a band name you know West didn't want to take any chances with that reasonably yeah I mean you yeah. know who knows what's going to come out of that and I mean, look at this whole arch enemy situation, you know of course, you know we're no band that big, of course, there's much more to be said about a band that big, but 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 you can
0: see how quick um, the public can turn on you if you don't if you don't kind of
1: say what they want to hear. Right, exactly. I mean, and you know, for this situation, you know, I don't know. I mean, the photographer had good points, but um, maybe the, you know. The thing.
0: Go the
2: ahead.
1: thing
0: I bring up too is uh, Chris um, did a little bit of research from the from the photographer's side and she screen capped a few of his posts and I think, I think we sent it over I, or this one might've been right before you got the login for the, for the, for the cast. But, um, he had been getting death threats. He had been getting, you know, the usual, the usual blacklisting. The big one was, or at least the big one that I read was, um, look, uh, legally you are right. Legally you are right. However, you were a jerk and an asshole. End of story. Have a nice day. And I kind of took that and was like, so you're right, but because you don't like the way I put it, I'm I'm the asshole.
1: Right. I- yeah. See, and that's mm, that. That's where you know it's just a lot of petty shit going on there. It's just a lot of petty shit on both sides. I mean, I think you know maybe I don't know. You know, again, we're we weren't directly involved. You know, we're reading this secondhand, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I don't think his was as petty as some of. Arch enemies responses. Yeah. I definitely think that uh, you know, they were far more petty or, you know, Angela or, or whoever whoever was handling that situation, from my understanding it was Angela, but um I feel like they were uh far more petty with some of their stuff than he was. However, mm-hmm. maybe we haven't seen all of it, you know. That's that's the 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 flaw of perspective.
0: No of course, and that's why like when, when uh when we read the thing about him being I almost feel like there there was a certain point where they said, look, you're banned from Arch Enemy Shows. If they had just stopped there, I think I would have been okay with that. Right. But to go out of your way and start emailing booking agents and venues and promoters and publicists saying, don't work with this one person, attempting to blacklist him. That's where I, I started getting like, dude, you're getting really shitty. Like, that's really petty.
1: Right, right, and it's funny because in the statement that Angela put out just recently, um, I I if I recall correctly, she said that none of that actually happened. So. Oh. Uh, really yeah yeah so i don't know and that's that's where i'm like well wait a second because if you read it there's different perspectives to how she says that you know de, you know I, I i wish i had read it fresh right before this because um i'm coming a couple couple days off of reading it but yeah, there's yeah. something along those lines and i was like well okay so is so was he true or not According, her clarification was that um that he just she wanted him banned from the photo pit not even banned yeah. from the show, it's banned from the photo pit. Well, I was like, well, that's, okay. that's so, steeply different than what was originally said, so I'm confused. Yeah,
0: yeah, that very much sounds like, look, you can't be in the photo pit. If you want to be in the crowd, you want to buy a ticket, we'll let you do that. But you're not, you're not welcome to be a photographer in the pit.
1: Right, and, and this coming from a band that's very against copyright infringement and stuff like that. And, um, you know, a couple of places that I've read, you know, they're, you know, or Angela specifically is very against any of that and stuff like that. And, you know, for something to be so carelessly used, you know, and, you know, him asking for something so small, you know, or it could have been worked out, right? Like, it just seems like this got real petty real fast, and it could have been worked out. And I think, from my opinion, and hopefully this doesn't make me an asshole, is I, I think Arch Enemy was far more petty in this situation than they should have been.
0: No, I I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I, I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with with the idea that um whatever the company in question, the Thunderbolt clothing, probably whatever they made was going to be more... Then the 500 it would have cost to use him or the, or the hundred dollars to the cancer society. Like right. what, what they probably made, um, because of their exposure was probably worth more than paying him out a little bit of money.
1: I think, I think so. I mean, I think the, the $100 or euros or whatever it was supposed to be to the cancer thing, like, how big of a deal was that? You know, to, yeah. was it really that big of a deal to just, you know, I, I would have been like, oh, man, you know, super sorry. Thank you for giving me this awesome option. Let's do that and let's turn it into a positive but instead of being like, no, fuck you. You're banned from everything. You piece of shit. You know, like, are you serious?
2: Even then, if they would have done the donation... It's tax deductible, so they would have got a write-off.
1: That's another fantastic point. Like, come on, man, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh,
0: it's it's a it's a mess. It's it's still a mess. That's kind of where we're at. That it's still a mess right now.
1: Right. Yeah, that's. I don't know. That that's yeah. That situation, real dirty, really <laughs> dirty situation.
0: So I got a question for you because we're going to be working on something uh, collectively as the podcast real soon. Is uh, I'm going to be starting to document more of the uh, gear and guitars that we have as players. Um, got a question for you. Hit it. What do you feel you gravitate more towards when you go to sit down to pick up your guitar? Do you gravitate towards the 6, the 7, the 8? Do you do you feel like you um, have kind of, I don't know if the word is like topped out on... You know, practicing the six, so you only do the eight, or do you feel like, you know, every once in a while you get tired of the eight, so you go back to the seven, like... Um,
1: um well, uh, it's kind of weird, so, like, it, it all depends on what I'm learning at any given moment. I, I tend to, you know, really harp on that, um, you know, like, for, for instance, uh, I've turned the solo from uh, Unearth's My Will Be Done, uh, mm-hmm. the, the beginning of Buzz's part, uh, Mm -hmm. into like an exercise. Um, so for a warm up, I'll run through that on the seven string. And sometimes like, you know, if I'm not, if I'm doing something where I can't be completely focused on playing guitar, where I can't, you know, jam along to something or something like that, I Mm -hmm. will, uh, you know, sit on the couch and, uh, run through that, you know, just run through exercises, try to, you know, clean up my picking technique. And that's been on the seven string mostly. Um, Okay writing and stuff like that, like what I've been doing for writing, So, uh, and maybe we can talk about this as a product, but uh, so TuneTrack, you know how they have Superior Drummer, which everybody has, and then there's uh, Mm -hmm. the Easy Drummer. Um, I'll pull up Easy Drummer just because, well, it's in its name, Easy Drummer. Um, I'll throw on uh, the... Man, and I, I'm blanking on the name of the pack, but the uh,
0: uh, Metal Extreme. Uh, there's, there's. The new, uh, it's the
1: new one. I just got it from uh, what's his name from Chris Adler. His, uh, his pack. His oh, drum samples.
0: he's got a good. He's got a nice one. Yeah, he's and it nice sounds
1: pack. good. So I'll do that, and uh, this is gonna sound super over the top. But and then I'll use the Black Metal MIDI pack. Um, okay. Just because, like. i can flow riffs out on that forever regardless of what i'm playing so today i was i was i ran my regular practice stuff on the seven string but i was jamming on the eight string most of the day haven't uh i actually only have one six string and it doesn't get a whole lot of use until i Mm. get what you know we had talked about this in the chat the the six string strandberg that i'm going for Uh, right but i've been using my seven string uh strandberg as like uh, for Dawn of Eternity, for the drop C stuff, so I'll just tune it, you know, G C G C F A D, you know, double yeah. drop kind of,
2: and yeah, use that as go.
1: a six string. Um, <laughs> okay. But but the Tricks, I don't know. There's really no rhyme or reason to it um, between the three uh, that the three mains that I use, which would be my uh, premium, the Ibanez, the red one that I just got, which I'm sure you'll right. post on Instagram eventually for the viewers. Yep. Yeah. Um, the Strandberg, and then the uh, uh, Kiesel. So if I'm like just jamming, I think I just gravitate towards the the standard tune uh, more mm-hmm. than the drop stuff lately. Um, but like I, I'll run through all the Dawn of Eternity stuff like for a practice and all the IA stuff, uh, which is you know six string seven string and eight string that's all in just one sitting and that's between the eight dawn of eternity songs and the the five uh, ia songs that i know like that's that's like an hour worth of jamming already right there so sometimes that's all i can do in a night yeah uh, I but, mean,
0: you're you're and then you're talking about between balancing a job two kids a wife yeah, right ex- yeah it,
1: so. exactly
0: so a free hour is sometimes kind of tough to find
1: yeah exactly i mean you know and that's my thing is uh you know a minimum of an hour um A minimum of an hour a day at least, you know, whether it's, you know, running through a few exercises, a scale, something like that. You know, I I may not be able to be 100% invested into a song or something because of, like you said, you know, uh, wife, kids, work, and all that stuff. But, you know, at least I'm sitting there keeping the dexterity going, working on technique one way or another. For sure. So the, the, to answer your question, um no rhyme or reason to it, man. It's just I don't know, whatever I feel like picking up that day is one. If I feel like I'm neglecting one, um because they all feel different, I may pick that one up because I haven't picked it up in a while, but no rhyme or reason really.
0: For sure, cuz uh, I kind of brought it up because you know, I bought the I bought the 7 from you. I actually just picked up an 8 um and what? then I've got What? Two- Yeah, I know. I know.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't go any further. Let's talk about this eight for a second here. You got an eight? When did that happen?
0: Uh, It actually happened right before I bought the seven. Oh, okay. It literally happened like a week before the seven, and um, I was I was messing with it in just their you know standard F sharp or standard eight tuning, which is F sharp all the way you know, uh, and then all the way down. Um, And I've noticed that I really enjoy it because it's another Ibanez. It's uh, it's. I'll I'll send you a picture when I can. Okay. And I do like it, but I feel like as soon as I got the 7 from you, I haven't really put it down. Yeah. I feel like I've I've been playing it almost every day. Um and then when we went back to uh went back to Arson practice, I feel like the 6 was I was so much faster. Yeah. Like my my hands just kind of fell into everything a lot easier. Um yeah, I, I, that's I, that's the only reason I was asking. Like, I like practicing on the seven, um, and I and, and I don't know if there's ever going to be a project for the seven or the eight, but um, it's nice to kind of expand the mind a little bit and you know kind of get out of the uh, get out of the usual six string rut every once in a while.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it just keeps it interesting. That's one of the things that I like. You know, for uh, for that is. Um it just keeps things different interesting. You know, you're not playing through the same stuff. I mean, shoot, you have two of the same guitar, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, the only, you know, the only th- difference is the pickups. That, that, that's a big commitment to have two of the same guitar. I mean, you've seen how, how long I are. even hold on to a guitar. Is, it's ridiculous, you know, so that's Dude, something to be said. We were, we were talking about it on
0: the way to uh, the show tonight, and I was trying to, th- yeah, literally trying to think about how many guitars and amps I've been through. Oh God! I don't it, even want to talk it, about it. It, it's, it's <laughs> it just pisses my wife off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, it definitely was a conversation. <laughs> so,
1: so for that H string, um, you know, if uh, you know you want to try getting a little bit interesting with it, try that tuning that uh, that I use, uh, well, that we use in I A, that E flat, B flat, F, B flat, E flat, G, C, F. Um, okay, it's a double drop, so you know, essentially the middle six strings are drop A sharp. Okay. And then you have an extra high F, and then you have a low E flat. So you can form a power chord between the first three or a second set of uh, three strings. Hmm. It's uh, you know, kind of like you know a drop tuning, but you know you get some nasty, nasty slams on there. And with how heavy your uh, bass is on your rig, oh my god!
0: I'm definitely down to try it. The one thing that I noticed with uh, just putting the eighth string in in eighth standard tuning through my rig, it's flubs a little faster
1: oh yeah i'm sure it's well and it's probably stock Ivan as pickups right
0: yeah they're nothing special yeah um,
1: i mean those the, those i don't know why they're they're no bueno
0: <laughs> yeah i know I, I we'll we'll get tyler and bitch about uh, uh, about it to him one day
1: yeah um, well notice how any of the uh mid-grade to high-end models have other pickups in it it's only the, yeah. the affordable models i'll use affordable i hate using cheap because even their affordable guitars they're bottom, you know, bottom cheap, like 120s and stuff, RG120s and stuff like that, are great. I love them. I love Ibanez.
0: Yeah, no, I, I really hate myself for sleeping on Ibanez for so long.
1: I was real surprised uh, to yeah. hear you your uh, your love for for Ibanez after getting the seven string when you put in the chat uh, how much you were liking it. I was real surprised because I thought you know you were gonna be like you know Bluegar or ESP like through and through. You know you just because people tend to not like Ibanez when they like other stuff. Like I I think Javi has always been kind of on the fence. He's always been more of a Schecter guy. I've always been more of an Ibanez guy. Although we can talk about this more later. Uh, Schecter's new models are.
0: Oh, fire. Oh, my Absolute God. Absolute
1: gold absolute gold uh, i will I don't tell you ibanez,
0: ibanez is, is competing for the title already
1: i think ibanez has won the title um if i'm being 100 percent honest after because uh, you know i saw those few schecter models that came out and yeah. maybe they have more um but from what i've seen so far and i've actually sat down and played them versus hmm. what i've seen come out for ibanez that you know there are 2019 releases of the rgds and there it looks like there's a new uh tier and i was talking to javi about this the other day the Axion label. Um, yeah that's the fucking new right
0: the literal gent guitar
1: yeah okay so like it, i
0: think in the description it says made for progressive slash gent
1: yeah what okay so that 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 answers my point because i i was talking to javi about it and i was like i was like dude i don't know what's this accent is it replacing iron label and then but they came out with new iron label models which are supposed yeah. to be you know their metal models so it's interesting because it, And, uh, people put them up side by side with, uh, Kiesel as, as like a ripoff and stuff (laughs) like that. But get the fuck out of here. Who cares, dude? I mean, are you kidding me? What sells is what sells.
0: I was literally going to talk to you about that because, uh, I had actually messaged that to Tyler and he just said, he's like, look, dude, like everybody's in, everybody influences by everybody. Like everybody's influenced by something like they may have done it, but the way that I put it was, um, Kiesel might be able to do it, but Kiesel can only do it as a custom order. Right. Um, Ibanez is doing it as a mass-produced guitar. Like, right. There's, there's a huge difference in both of those things. Like, Yes, it looks really cool, and, and the Kiesel looks awesome, but you can only produce maybe, what, three of those, four of those a year?
1: Yeah, their their weight has uh, grown significantly with all the hype behind them, um, you know. And again, you know, I I don't want to talk negatively about Kiesel because I really like Kiesel. I, yeah. I love the guys at the booth. I love the company. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've you know the problem is they're they and it was my fear with them you know getting all the hype that they have gotten is that being able to handle the order load that's gonna start coming through and they're handling pretty right. well. I think they're like twelve weeks um wait time, which is nowhere near like Aristides or any of those other builders that takes like eight fucking months well, you know yeah. you're five grand into a guitar that you're not gonna see for a year. Um yeah. and they're doing some interesting work. Uh you know I've just I've heard you know and, and when I see uh complaints about their QC um usually it's not like catastrophic it's like uh, man i mean yeah i guess that that would bother you but you know like i think one of them had like a a glue mark under the paint um where you could tell where they filled a a hole or something like that and it was all over uh one of the pages oh that that constitutes a refund and i'm like dude i mean a refund?
0: Yeah. I don't know about
1: a refund bro that's what i'm saying so i mean i guess with any any brand and any person you're going to have Petty people out there. I mean, you know, I at the and at the same time, if you're a couple grand into a guitar, I could see bitching about it. But uh, you know, back to you know, back to Ibanez uh, with their releases this year. I mean, yeah, some of them do look Kiesel esque, but that's yeah. the, Kiesel's not the only brand that's doing that. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. You know, even even the uh, the the uh, weird in between brands like Agile has the bevel thing going on. Like that's just what's in. You know, I mean. You know, it's like clothing companies. You know, if a style is in, it's a style. They don't own the patent on a style. It's selling. It's selling. And, you know, so much like Gent, you know, that there's the Gent specific guitar, which is goofy to me. But, you know. I just, it's dumb. And I really like the way the Ibanez stuff looks. I want an RGD. Um, You always have. And I'm happy to see more models of it coming out. Some of them are, you know, in a better price point and stuff like that. So I'm excited about it. We talked about this. I'm like, I need another one.
2: And they say that uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery, too. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. It's working. That's, That's my point. It's working. It's like, yeah. Everybody out there is, you know, that that's that's selling heavily. I don't necessarily like the two toned look of the uh, the bevel being a different color as the rest of the guitar, but I love the bevel there. I had a, a an Aries model for a long time. I love that shit. Yeah. So yeah,
0: I I think it's just gonna come down to, to trying it in person, and and for me, besides trying it in person, I mean, it's always gonna be the price point. Like I gotta be, I gotta have something that I'm okay with dropping and throwing around, and being an idiot with, and as much as I want a Kiesel, and I would love to be able to, to get a Kiesel, I'd be way too, like, careful with it to to throw it around and, and be an asshole on stage. Hang on.
2: Also, looking at who plays the models, and, you know, is it within their price range? Cause right. Because as much as you may want one, it may not be in your price budget, and are you going to pay that much, and... Go through a cabin app that are just whatever because you put all your money towards that guitar
1: exactly I mean and and that's another thing you know that you know coming back to you know what mark had said about price point I mean you know and you really thrash around when you play I mean you know I move around and stuff but like yeah you know, I've seen you guys play you guys really move around I I don't even it makes me nervous that you have hollow body guitars like level anything you know I that's I don't understand how you thrash around with that I guess because you have two but <laughs> you know, um well but, if, if
0: if there's one thing I can tell you it's actually going to get worse this year like we've already sat out sat down and and been like, yo, like these new songs, like they're, they're, they're going to have a lot of, they're going to have to have a lot of
1: more energy behind them. Which is, which is great. Cause it'll keep you young, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, won't, won't keep my back young.
1: Yeah. Well, probably, <laughs> probably not. And you know, next thing you know, you're going to be like 50 looking like Phil and Selmo having to have your, your spine rewired from the front because you thrashed Dude, around too hard. Yeah,
0: I'm going to be, I'm going to be 50 walking around like
1: Mick Foley. Dude, oh my god That mother, that motherfucker's crippled Yeah, well, you know, yeah. it happens too many, yeah. too many times getting thrown from Whatever, the top of the cage and everything else
0: <laughs> So uh, so On the Mick Foley note, we're going to move on to, uh, to, from what I'm understanding This is actually turning into everybody's Favorite segment
1: um, We're going to move on to OK Stupid <laughs> OK Stupid, I love it It's so <laughs> dumb, dude <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you know, from, what, from what I keep hearing this is a lot of people's favorite section of the podcast so um if you're not aware okay stupid is uh you know we take questions from a dating from a popular dating site Ok Cupid and we adjust them to make them relevant to musicians so I got yes. five I got five questions for you Larry you ready to go all right hit it here we go so the original question is and this is and this is relevant because we were just talking about blind dates <laughs> what? okay so the original question is what do you hate most about the dating process now here's your question what do you hate most about the audition
1: process oh just you know like I, I'm you know I'm humble about playing i mean because you know no matter what you do no matter how good you feel about how you play there's a 10 year old somewhere out there that makes you look like a piece of shit so like (laughs) those like auditions are always awkward and i'm always like i gotta be over the top so like when i when i tried out for dawn of eternity you know eh, there were no tabs or anything so it was just kind of like hey we're gonna get a studio sit down for an hour and just see what you can do so and uh you know i was a year or so into playing again after my divorce so i wasn't like you know i I was still pretty rusty i mean i was in a band before that but you know we did practices we never really made it to a show point so sitting down for that one was like you know stressful um trying out for halfway gone I, I didn't even have to try out really I sent them stuff that I had and it just happened to you know be in line with what they wanted to do and, and that worked out. So that tryout was kind of cool, you know. I mean, I, I they sent me tabs, so I was able to learn a song and, and jam along with it, you know. But it's still awkward, you know. You're going yeah. to somebody else's zone, you know, people you don't know. I mean, and and that was in the middle of Pomona and, like, ghetto Pomona and stuff oh, like that. Oh, God. Um, turned out to be a great experience, you know, and stuff like that. It really worked out. Um, and then for Unscarred, so Javi wasn't in the band uh, anymore. And uh, it was Johnny Adam... And fill, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had sent me some like beat tabs because like Javi couldn't tab them in time on there. He just like threw them together, and some of them weren't quite correct. I'm not sure. So I was like, for me, it was like, all right, you know, and I had a different perspective of Unscarred before I got into the band. So it's like, you know, me and Javi always talk shit about, you know, make sure you play really clean. And I'm like, fuck, here I go trying out for a band. I was like, I better. Play the shit fucking clean. I end up learning like half the set and stuff like that, and it's always kind of like that awkward moment, like you don't know if you've done enough or not. Mm. And yeah, I've tried out people before, so like I know all my negative thoughts, and I look at what I'm doing. I'm like, fuck, dude, like this is fucking awful.
0: I'm um, I'm that guy today. I yeah, to be that guy. Yeah.
1: So totally with you. Stressful. It's just it's just stressful and stuff like that. You don't really know where it's going to go, and you know I don't really have a lot of free time and stuff like that. You know I can't be doing you know a, a super high end level of commitment because you know I've got a family and stuff that you know comes right. first. So right, you know is that going to be in line? Is that what I want to do? You know it just it, all that stuff's going through my head while I'm sitting there trying to play in time to a song that I may have played to a recording that's always yeah. the same, and you know the drummer may play it different, and that's going to fuck me up and it's just stressful. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Definitely a good answer. Long answer, but a good one. No, it's a good answer. Okay,
0: so next one is going to be... This one kind of applies to both. So would you describe yourself as more of an optimist, a pessimist, or a realist?
1: In terms... I mean, all of them. I mean, really, you know, I guess a realist kind of like, uh, you know, takes in both sides of it, but it it just depends. Like, I I try to stay optimistic about stuff, um, but the world keeps you real. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, different things like, you know, we all want to be that guy that plays on that big, huge stage, you know, and stuff like that. But is that real? I don't think so. You know, I mean, maybe, right. maybe, maybe. You know, I mean, miracles happen, but you know, I have different priorities and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I'd say I'm pretty realistic when it comes to to uh, music and stuff like that. I mean, you know, it just it depends. If I'm having a bad day, I might be, you know, oh, I fucking suck. This fucking sucks. I, I fucking hate everything. You know and That's when I start researching new gear. (laughs) (laughs) Find that piece of gear that makes you better? Exactly, which has absolutely nothing to do with it. All it does is fuck you up more, because something you're used to is gone now. (laughs) Makes you feel
0: better for a minute.
1: So, I mean, you know, depending on any given day, you know, all of them, but I'd say probably more of a realist than anything else.
0: For sure. Okie dokie. Moving on, so what is the proudest or greatest achievement musically in your life so far
1: oh god i mean i just enjoy being in a band and playing you know uh you know i don't have you know super huge dreams i mean they're all there and it'd be great i'd like to be able to play you know something like uh you know like a mayhem fest or something like that but dude i'm just happy to be playing You know, to Mm -hmm. get in my practice, to play songs, to, you know, play in front of people every once in a while and really have the people just enjoy it, take it in, like, you know, get that pat on the back. Like that, that, that was awesome, especially for those, uh, you know, pessimistic days that really boosts the ego. So, I mean, for me, I'm just happy to be playing.
0: For sure. Uh, next one is, so they, uh, here, okay. This, I'm going to see if I can't modify this to, to, to where uh, this could be a little bit more interesting. Because the question is, could you spend a day without your phone?
1: C- probably could, not. <laughs> <laughs> could you spend a week without music? Nope. <laughs> that's a hard nope. no. Even a day that's, is like... That's a hard no. That's why
0: no. I, I, figured, I figured a, a day was going to be the easy one. Like, no, nah, probably not. But like a full week. Could
1: you go a full week... Without listening to any music. Nope. That's a hard no. I, You know, it's you funny. Know. It's funny that you bring that up because, you know, thinking back to when we were kids, you know, you, you look at your parents or other adults and it's like, you know, you don't, I guess, you know, you don't really know them as much as, you know, when you are an adult and you're like, you know, what, what fucking interests do they have? You know, nothing. It just seems right. like, you know, all they do is go to work and do this and do that. They don't have any other interests, anything like that, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, I I turned 30 last year and, uh, and I know you've got a few years on me, but I turned 30 and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, dude, I'm becoming an old guy. Well, I have yeah. still have interests. So, I mean, when do those die? You know, sitting there thinking about like, when do these interests die? And then just, you know, I don't know, I guess it's all personally, you know, where you go, but it's just, yeah, that was just something I was thinking. I was like, you know. I couldn't imagine not listening to music, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, sitting down, I've always had a guitar and stuff like that. Like, I'm looking at, you know, you see those videos of, like, old dudes, like, shredding up a guitar. Like, is that going to be me? I mean, I hope so, you know? And
0: see, you know what's funny is that I'm, uh, in a way, I'm kind of glad you answered that way because there was a post I saw earlier uh, today where a dude was literally just like, why are you doing music? Like, like why do you keep doing music? Like, the, the music scene sucks. There's no money in it. There's no this like why are you keep doing music? So I Yeah, so I got kind of pissed and I and I got on I got on his page. I was like cuz I don't feel like waking up and going to work and that's my life.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like just I, another thing. It's I enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know. I,
0: I, 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 I kind of like you. like kind of like what you said. It's like when you when you are young and you're seeing what your parents are going through, you don't really assume that they have a uh, uh, have a passion or have a have a hobby i guess right um like i didn't really have like not to get too dark but i didn't really have a father figure around so i didn't really have somebody to like work on a car with or like do woodworking with or stuff like that like i got a lot of that influence from my grandfather who was a uh, mariachi like he played guitar oh okay so a lot of the reason why I play guitar is because I was around guitar stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, again, not to get too dark, I didn't have one either. Uh, yeah. you know, I had my, my stepdad, we didn't get along all that well, but the, the, uh, one interest that he had, you know, this is like, this is going really deep into my, uh, psyche here, but I think my, uh, finding, you know, metal heavy metal and and going into more extreme categories was from him because i never really heard any of that stuff before i mean you know radio rock you know metallica stuff like that stuff that comes on the radio but you know mom was very country you know new wavy stuff like that you know my uh my uh dad before that and That, that, that's a, my family tree is a whole other podcast, by the way, but, uh, Mm -mm. (laughs) my, uh, my dad before that, you know, I don't even remember what he was listening to. It was a lot of country and stuff like that too. So metal didn't really come until my mom met my stepdad and he was like a big iron maiden, like eighties guy, you know, stuff like that. Okay. So I found that, and uh, you know, uh, eventually uh, discovered Slayer, and uh, it just went from there, you know. For sure. <laughs> but it, that's interesting. Yeah, that's no,
0: that's, that's interesting.
1: So I, I I'd have to uh, you know, and it's funny because uh, they talk shit on my music and how it just sounds like growling and shitting all the time, and I was like, well, you know that like the big reason why I found any of this stuff was because of you, dude. So uh, yeah, yeah. Sixteen year old me would probably slap thirty year old me in the face for saying that because. you <laughs> You know, no, we, you know we were born into it, nobody wants to admit that anybody else showed them anything, but no
0: but they it had to come from somewhere
1: right, exactly, so yeah, that's it's kind of the same here,
0: okay, last question for you, and then then we'll move on uh- okay, so the original question what's the longest amount of time you've spent binge watching something? My question is. What's the longest amount of time you've spent practicing guitar in one sitting?
1: Eight hours at least. Yeah.
0: I think I'm up there with you.
1: There was one, I mean, you know, God, if we go back years back, I mean, maybe even longer than that. I mean, you know, it's impossible to get anywhere near that anymore, but uh, you know, unless it's recording um, that can take a God awful amount of time. Uh, I think the last, like you know, real you know, lengthy recording that I did was with "Halfway Gone," and actually, I almost one-take that song. Um, with the exception what of the, the solo, fuck? yeah, it was that was the uh, that song was uh, imprinted in my brain so perfectly. It was <laughs> ridiculous. But, yeah, I'd have to say at least eight hours or so, uh, give or take, um, you know, if we're talking years ago, maybe longer than that, but I don't remember. That definitely sticks in my head. I can think of several instances years back where, like, it was a solid eight hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like that was, I think, um, I had more than a few days like that during high school where, um, you know, I, I wasn't really a super social high school kid, so, um... When I got my base, like I locked myself in my room and that was that was my day for eight hours.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. That for me it came a little bit after when there was just I was moved out of my uh mom's house and the homies were doing stuff, I wasn't doing anything, then you know, it was like stay home and just jam all fucking day. Mm-hmm. That was back in the day. I think the, like the most recent time I've spent a really other than recording was like back with Halfway Gone. Me and Stone were we got together for practice probably at like nine, and we had worked on the song Paralysis, the one that I talked about one taking mm-hmm. um, for like five hours, where he sat there while we were writing drums to it, and I would just jam through. I got tendonitis like super bad after that because we did two nights oh, back God. to back where I just played the song over. And over and over, while he hopped on the electric kit and was trying to write drums to it. And it, it, dude, it went on. The drums for that song, dude, that song is a masterpiece, and it really bums me out that uh, you know we didn't get that to a stage or anything like that because that song is a. F- I mean, you know, from my perspective, is a fucking masterpiece. So much time went into that thing, like drums and everything wise. It's so fucking good, and it just yeah yeah ugh. dude th-
0: dude that happens more often than you think. Like you definitely, I definitely have those um in every band uh, yeah. I've ever been in. I have the I have that one song that like, man, that that song didn't get enough attention.
1: Yep. Yeah, with the, yeah. yeah, definitely I can think of one uh, one for every single band that's got that. Yep.
0: It happens. It's just uh, something that it's uh, something that happens uh with with
1: creating music. So let's okay, stupid you now.
0: <laughs> let's go. Here we go. Let's do it. We didn't didn't get a chance last time because we had too many people on.
1: Right. So uh, I'm going to reword this one pretty good. But the original question is, what's one thing you wish you had known as a freshman in college? I'm going to change it to, what's one thing you wish you had known when you first started playing guitar or you first picked up an instrument?
0: When I first picked up an instrument, I wish I would have known... Really, I I think... I think... being my age now and being where I've gone in the in the path of playing guitar, I wish I would have known how small the guitar world actually is. Okay. Like I, I wish I would have known how small. Like just, be, just being out there, just going out and and seeing who's all in the scene. How small the world actually became once you start playing
1: music. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Let's see, all right. that's a good one. Let's see. um how about this one? What's something that comes easier to you than it does for most of course musically
0: um i I feel like moving on stage. I feel like being aware of of knowing that you have to move on stage um when I was younger uh you know obviously i did the I did the standstill thing uh when we started getting into more um established bands uh especially during the i hate saying this word but during the scene phase yeah you had the you had the bands that wanted to, to you know they wanted to be dance uh, boy bands they wanted to, to move everything in sync so um you know you had to learn you had to learn that because that was the aesthetic at the time uh so getting that kind of ingrained into my into my playing, where it's like no like you have to move like regardless of how much you're doing um knowing that uh it, it's a show as much as it is uh you know a musical performance um i and i still I still feel like there's bands that don't acknowledge that that part of the that part of being in a band that that you do have to move around like oh, I don't yeah. care how how like I don't like unless you're really unless you're police or animals as leaders or you really don't have an excuse to to just stand there
1: no no and and even at that um so i'm glad you brought that up because i i do think you do that really well um you know it's a lot you know a lot of the uh You know, math core and stuff like that. You know, all I can think of is like, you know, you know, when I see stuff like you guys playing, and I think of like Dillinger trying to murder the fucking crowd or the Chariot. Mm -hmm. These guys are fucking losing their goddamn minds. Like, you know, that shit is like, that's a show, dude. Like, and you know, so you know, I I don't particularly gravitate towards that genre. But when I go to a show, I like to see people moving. You know, and Javi and I brought uh, we're talking about this the other day, and you know, maybe a subject for another cast because I don't think we'll have time to talk about this, but. You know, your physical fitness and and being on stage, you know, uh, yeah. and being able to move and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, if I go to a show, I even like, you know, me, I like technical metal. I love the really sure. technical stuff. I don't want to go see those bands. I don't care to go see them, uh, mostly because they're boring as shit on stage. I mean, what they do on a guitar is impressive. Yeah. um you know and i i'd very much rather just sit in a room with that guy and watch him jam because that's cool for me as a musician yeah. but play through videos yeah but like for a for a live show you know i get more pumped when i see like okay so me me and the wife went and saw Trey you a few weeks ago Dude, that, nice. their bases came down and went all the way through the House of Blues. This guy was all over. He was in the pit getting down. You know, I mean, Dan Jacobs was all over the place. I mean, they were all over the place. You know, they're they're involved and moving around. They're you know they're they're you know. Playing with each other and and stuff like that, like that's a show, dude. You know, and yeah. I think Bruce Dickinson has, uh, you know, from Iron Maiden, the vocals from Iron Maiden always talked about it. Is like his, you know, he's always puts on a big show himself. Is because he wants to be able to point to the guy all the way at the back of the forty thousand person, you know, stadium, and you know, make sure that they feel like they're being talked to at the show. You know, like stuff like that. Like they, dude seeing a big show, and I mean, you know, we're not on that level, but you know, that's right. that's important to me. You know, going and seeing. Like disturbed was always bore, boring to me because those guys don't move. Disturbed, yeah, like they just stand there. Their music's not overly complicated, and like you know. And David's vocals are really good, but the dude doesn't move. Yeah, and and to no, me, I, it's a letdown.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's the way we felt when we went to go see Thy Art. Um, we went to see Thy Art as Murder and great band, great great recordings, great songs, but they just stand there.
1: They, they do. They, they, they do. They're just there. I went and saw them too with uh, Fallujah and uh, and uh, Decapitated right before Decapitated got arrested. I saw them at that show, and yeah, uh, yeah, they don't they don't move much. I mean, you watch their videos; they don't move much. yeah, I mean, like you know, Andy Marsh mostly just stands in place and you know headbangs. They walk around a little bit, they don't move much. And I, their their music isn't that overly complicated. Like I feel like no, they're in the same realm as Carnifex, and you know those guys move around, dude. But they are one guitarist, that dude's huge, and that dude moves around. So yeah, I mean, he's pushing like he's pushing like three fifty, dude. Yeah, he's a chunky dude, and he moves around more than most skinny guys.
0: Yeah. I'll go with you on that. And then um if you ever get a chance, the new the new the current lineup for Rings is actually very impressive. Like Yo and um Joel, they put a lot of energy into a show where it's very technical. It is very technical, but there's a lot more energy in this lineup than I than I kind of have seen in a long time.
1: I think because Yo plays stuff like that sleeping. dude yeah i mean and you know what with miles and stuff they miles was moving around uh more than i had seen uh for rings in the past you know the stuff i had seen with miles but yeah uh yo is that dude's not even human he is an alien he should be in that band because uh dude i mean i followed him a long time before he ended up in rings and like uh, dude he's just a freak it's crazy
2: he is the sweetest guy. I got to get introduced to him at the last show. And he's so cute because he can't, he had to have things translated. Oh, okay. But he bow and I was like, oh, you know, it's a, you did a good job. And he's just like, okay, okay. Like nodding his head. And then I messaged him. I'm like, hey, you did a really good job. It was great meeting you. And he's like, oh, it's nice meeting you. Super nice.
1: That's awesome. That's that's good to hear because you know you see a guy with a level of talent like that, and you would just expect them to have a level of arrogance, you know, because of how good they are. For to hear that he's just a good dude like that is just that's that's cool. That's winning, you know. That that's a win for me because you know there's other people out there that are really impressive. That uh, their attitude just kills it for me. I won't pull you, you, any names, but
0: but I can think of uh, I can think of a couple. Yeah. Um, But that's, uh, here's, real quick, just just a side joke, because I think i still got three more on OK Stupid. You do. Do you think think that's a product of being from Japan where there's so many good players? Like, there's literally so many amazing players uh, in Japan, uh, and they don't, they just, you can find them anywhere. They're everywhere. There's a million good players in Japan.
1: I I think so, and I think uh, culturally respect is really important. Um, mm-hmm. too for them because when I was in Excised before um, we were in uh, before um, before I joined uh, Dawn of Eternity the first time um, we had tried out a, a Japanese vocalist um, mm. he was from Japan, knew very little English um, but uh, I mean he could get the words, the problem with our songs is they were way too complicated for somebody who doesn't know English let alone somebody who did know English but um <laughs> super nice guy again, super respectful, really nice guy. And I mean, yeah, he was trying out, but I mean, I think it's a cultural thing just to be, you know, respectful and, yeah. you, and you know, w- we come from LA, dude, people are just shitty around here. I mean, maybe not like New York attitudes, but like people are shitty around here. Um, yeah, no, not everybody, but, um, you know, we've, we've just gotten accustomed to uh, a certain level of, um, disrespect is a harsh word, but, you know, a certain level of disrespect, you know, you don't acknowledge people, you don't, you know, you see other people and, you know, they just kind of blow you off until they know who you are, or, or this and that, and uh, um, a lot of that exists out here, and yeah. and I think culturally, it's it's different over there. Again, I've never been to Japan, I don't know, but everybody that I've met that's from japan is like that very respectful yeah Um, customers uh whose houses i've been in and stuff like that people from japan very nice very friendly very respectful people so i think it's just a cultural thing and then on top of that like you said you know but it's a win for me to see somebody with that much talent be that friendly like that's awesome yeah no he was
0: a super nice guy (sighs) all right Hope, hope to see him again
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Um all right, so let's get on with another one. Uh, yep. what's the stupidest thing you've ever done for music?
0: Uh okay, so there there's there's more than a few. Um
1: <laughs> we'll keep it short.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll try to I'll try to keep it to to a couple highlights. There you um, go. I wasn't for a good amount of time I was in a band that was in San Diego. And making that drive Ooh. to Make that make that band work, um, I think. Yeah, it it was stupid. It was it was tough. Um, I think the I think what ended up killing that band is I took it. They they the the band had already been established for a good fifteen years, and I came in on the ass end of that fifteen years. Okay. So like they had been doing the band since they were in high school, and. Uh, for me to come in and go like, try to try to reinvigorate them, try to keep them going. They were already on their way out. And for me to do the drive back and forth, I very much felt like, well, well what the fuck am I doing this for? Like, that was pretty stupid. That was for me. That was pretty dumb.
1: Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's tough. That's, that's, that, a commitment. That,
0: that was a, that was a, that was, that was a tough one. Um, dumb. I'm trying to think of one more really dumb thing that I can say on the air. um, <laughs> Uh, dumb thing for music that I've done in a band. No, I think I'm gonna. Uh, 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 okay, this is gonna be really bad. I <laughs> we were on tour for a few days with one of my one of my early bands, and uh, they bet me about two hundred dollars that I wouldn't lick the front of the van. Yes. Uh, after after, after it had tour. <laughs> collected, um, you know, bug corpses and everything. And, yes. Uh, and yeah, you did I it. I came back $200 richer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. And luck, luck,
0: luckily I didn't catch anything, but looking back on it, that was really fucking dumb.
1: Dude, a lot of bugs. I've seen okay. some of those tour vans. Alright, <laughs> let's get to the next one before I puke. <laughs> Alright, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? Uh, musically, stage, performance, whatever.
0: Um, The... No, um, I don't know. It, it wasn't, it was embarrassing in the idea that, uh, I probably should have, uh, had this incident take more of a toll on me than it was. Uh, we were playing, and, you know, I, as I do, I was moving around, took a uh, headstock to, to the back of the cranium, mm-hmm. um, you know, busted open, bleeding everywhere, finished the show, um, I think it was something like ten stitches. Oh fuck! Um, came back to the show, and guy who had been basically holding my brain in uh, with tissues uh, came back to me. Came up to me with the tissue and said, "I'm going to take this, which was you know covered in blood, uh, and I'm going to clone you five times and make a band out." of <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, that's not weird at all. so
0: i don't know i don't know if he still has the the bloody tissue but he definitely walked away with the interesting souvenir
1: yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) so that
0: that was something that was pretty i mean i wouldn't say embarrassing i would say uh i don't know if i have it i feel like if i do something embarrassing um i kind of just own it you know yeah Uh, i i've fallen on stage i've i've been sick on stage. I've threw up on stage. I've threw up before shows. Um, I've I have definitely made comments in public that are probably not the smartest things to do because you're coming off stage and you got that you have that stage high, um, and you feel like everybody's your friend and, and not everybody's your friend. so. But no, uh, usually if I do something embarrassing, I, I generally own up, own up to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It,
0: it's really hard to embarrass me.
1: I I think you hit a certain point in your life where it's just like okay, you know, who cares anymore, right?
0: Yeah, I mean uh, I, at a certain point like like I think when I was in my 20s I was scared of of like my pants falling on stage or like getting naked on stage and then like right when I hit 30 I'm like it's just flesh.
1: Yeah. It, I mean it's just meat. Everybody has meat. Yeah, right. Uh, so. You know, rationally different sizes, but, you know, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, that,
0: that was probably it.
1: So I think we're at our last one here. Okay. Um, what is your most irrational fear?
0: Oh, God. Um, oh, uh, uh, I, oh, man, you got you really nailed a, a, a tough one for me.
1: <laughs> I saw that one. I was like, damn, that's a good one.
0: I, uh, without getting too, uh, into philosophy, I guess, uh, the fear, I, I don't, I fear the known, if that makes sense. I don't fear the unknown. I fear what would be known. Um, I, I, you know, I very much, I, I very much have always followed the idea that I don't know, um, the answer to everything. Like if I, if there, if I have a question, I always go look for somebody smarter than me because they tend to have the answer. Um, I feel like the person that says that they know everything—that's what you should be afraid of.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, the, I can the see person that.
0: that tells the person that tells you, be it uh, the clergy or the politician or whatever you want to call it, the person that says that they know everything—they know that there's an afterlife. They know that the, you know. If you pay tax, if you don't pay taxes, you're going to j- stuff like that. Like I fear that. I fear that somebody that says they know everything
1: yeah that has that level of confidence who knows what they're capable of yeah i get it that that, yeah Um,
0: i'd be i'm i'm much more comfortable with the possibility of the unknown i'm much more comfortable with the possibility of you know aliens bigfoot uh parallel dimensions um i'm much more comfortable with that because it's the idea that i don't you know i don't know i accept that i don't know everything um I, I fear somebody who's so small-minded because they know everything. I think that's somebody that you should be afraid of. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's weird. You're getting into the, like the weird side of my brain. <laughs>
1: that's that's right. We sometimes we need to open up that box. It's a scary box that we push it in the oh, back of the uh, attic. You know. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's dude. I have I have those I have those weird uh, philosophical philosophical conversations at my job sometimes because it's you know two dudes. In a in a trailer for four to six hours, and sometimes you run out of things to talk about.
1: Yeah, well, and you work for UPS, right? Like, don't a lot of those guys to do a bunch of drugs? So they're probably uh, on a yeah. level.
0: <laughs> yeah, like a lot of a lot, a lot of my coworkers are are on a lot of um uh illicit substances.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, my uh. Drummer and Don of Eternity, Mike used to work for UPS. I believe it was Mike uh, a while back, and he used to tell stories about the guy. You know, that some of the guys that he worked with would just be there freebasing, throwing boxes around all morning. I was like, dude, <laughs> that shit's yeah. fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, that's accurate. You know, we've had we've had the guys that come in on meth and acid, and um, the the guys that I work with now, luckily, are 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 you know, one's a dad, and he's he's an accountant. His other job is an accountant, and he's. He's super into like chatting with me about philosophy and and things like that. And then uh, you know, another dude, really good dude. Um, just just ends up ended up being at UPS. But yeah, a lot of the guys I've worked with are are not the most upstanding citizens, and and that happens. That's it's just a job.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, sh- I guess we should probably call it a night on that, huh? Yeah, I mean I, I feel like we got a good amount
0: of uh of back and forth. Um we'll be back uh next week. Yes, sir. Uh now that we're able to do this uh remote idea and we're also going to be, you know, we're definitely expanding the brand. Um I want to make it clear that we're still going to be on Bandcamp. We're going to be exploring anchor.fm, um which is going to be able to put us on things like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um other platforms that are that are making it available. I wanted to talk to you, Larry, because uh, I actually had to record my first commercial for the podcast. Oh, nice! It was it was an absolute pain in the dick.
1: <laughs> you, uh, know ho- you know how hard it is to read a script. I did a I did a, a shout out for uh, Metal Devastation Radio for one of the uh, um, one of the DJs, and that was all of like three lines, and that was too yeah. much.
0: And that was that was too hard. Yeah, yeah. I think I think in the span of like, from 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 right before uh, recording the podcast, Chris, how many how many uh, takes? I think it was something like forty takes.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see that. Especially that if you got to do uh, like video, and then you have to look at yourself too.
2: It wasn't that bad. There was just certain times when he was just like, you could tell that he would get a. Uh, too ahead of himself, or he just needed to breathe and okay, I need to relax, shake it all off. Because it, it's really funny when you have to record things or somebody you get to watch somebody do it, because then they're very aware of themselves. I had to do that with um Sepultura, Derek, and having him say, you know, check us out at the one of our tours and he could not get it right and you have all (laughs) of us cracking up because he couldn't get it and he'd make faces and we're just like oh my goodness but you don't realize how hard it is so you have to dictate something and make sure that okay i need to hit this point this point this point and do it in a way that makes sense to everyone
1: Yeah, I get real giggly. I get like, you know, just everything's funny, like muffin hour funny, where it's just, (laughs) I I don't understand why, like, you know, especially when it needs to be, like, it's something so simple, I just, I don't know, I get stupid, I can't do it. Yeah, no, I
0: got to, I definitely have a lot of respect for the podcast that uh, I take a lot of influence from, from uh, Rooster Teeth, it's called RT Podcast, and they have a consistent guy that reads all the ads, and I have a lot more respect for him now. Uh, but they're also almost 600 podcasts deep, so yeah. he's got some practice in it. yeah,
1: we're at twenty two uh, so maybe once yeah, we' get 22. to 600 then uh, you know well, maybe we, we'll be that comfortable.
0: We'll be a lot more practiced.
1: Yeah. So for, you know, while we're wrapping this up, you know, some of our goals for, uh, 2019, uh, uh, more gear reviews, especially with Nam coming. I mean, that's a, that's the easiest way, but you know, I'd love to talk about more gear, more podcasts, um, you know, weekly, you know, putting them out weekly,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and stuff like that so you know a lot more uh, gear reviews stuff we'd like to get our hands on some more stuff so mm-hmm. uh, if anybody out there wants to uh lend us uh some stuff to do some reviews on and stuff like that we'd lovingly uh try your stuff out um, absolutely speaking of which i think you know and again we'll keep this short because we're wrapping up but uh um i'm looking forward to uh you know after talking to mel and stuff like that getting at legador again um, you know, just to, to, to see what's up, try them out. I mean, I've owned a couple, um, and I just haven't quite jived. Um, I'm looking forward to trying some more of those. So, uh, I, I,
0: I'm definitely with you. He kind of he put it in perspective, uh, especially after being able to play the Ibanezes. Yeah. Um, he kind of said, like, a legator, it falls somewhere between the ESP weight and, a, and an Ibanez neck. Yep, and that really sounds like something that could be really interesting for me.
1: Definitely. So I mean, you know, uh, I think with our our next cast will probably be. I think we got what, what one or two more before Nam. Well, at least one we, more.
0: We so, have at least we have at least one more before Nam. So I'd like to make sure that we do a pre-Nam, uh, a during Nam, and then a post-Nam.
1: So like like, uh, like watching animes. Next time on Keep Chugging Podcast. <laughs> pre What are you looking forward to seeing?
2: It's exactly in that voice. Or like with the anime where... I don't know if Mark's um, Instagram story where it's like... Week one of... Uh, um, one week of watching anime. This is my voice. Two weeks. And then each time it. <laughs> yeah. This is my voice. <laughs> three weeks into watching anime and then the last one she's just like full-on Japanese like
1: <laughs> that's my kid right now i uh introduced her to to a few animes and like i th- i feel like she's slowly starting to talk that way more and more now <laughs> <laughs> i'll
0: I'll, send, I'll i'll uh dm you the link but yeah fantastic. it's fantastic de- it's definitely gold all right so um thank you for listening and this has been episode is it 22 jesus we're on episode 22 of keep chugging
1: 22 keep chugging yep.
0: So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you next week, and we'll have more stuff and gear and guitar stuff and news and guitar stuff and nerds and guitar stuff. And guitar stuff. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Party.